You ain't got no style. Fashion. 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 Fashion cost. Welcome to Fashion Cast, hosted by Cloak Market. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Jaden Abbott, and I think you're listening to something called the Cloak Cast. To be honest, I don't know if this show has a name yet, or if anyone's listening, or if you really need my color commentary here, but I've got to say, I'm excited. I'm excited to do this show because it's a lot of fun getting to talk about kind of like fashion and stuff like that. And it's funny that I just mentioned color commentary because that's exactly why I'm here to to provide color to the commentary because black people. All right, so <laughs> black fashion. What is it? How do I get into it? Will it steal my kids? Can I declare it on my taxes? Of those questions, maybe one will be answered. But it's something I do want to talk about because it is important, all things considered. So, for starters, in light of the recent events, I think it is only responsible to say you should stand up for what you believe in or don't. I don't care. But at the very least... Try and educate yourself about perspectives that you might not totally vibe with or you might not totally understand. You'll learn a whole lot more than you think you will. Um, don't be prejudiced. Don't be bad. <laughs> I think it's a brand safe thing to say. So, or if it's not, I, it's going to get edited out in post so you won't hear this part. Or you will, in which case, again, I guess we're going to see what happens. But the point is... Right now, there's a big conversation about blackness, what it means, and lucky for all of us, I am pretty involved in this issue because, one, I am black. Yeah, believe it or not, the dorky white voice you hear coming out of my mouth is is not in any way indicative of my appearance. Okay, it's somewhat indicative of my, of my appearance, but the point is, I should be able to speak freely on this subject, and nobody will be any the wiser. Except for my bosses, who, again, will probably listen to this at some point. So, editing Jaden. Do something really cool with, with all of this. Um, a little bit about me. I, I don't typically feel the need to do this, but this is my first episode. And I, I understand that people might not know about me or know what's going on um, in terms of the podcast because there was a different host before me and stuff like this. My name is Jaden Abbott. Um, I, I'm entering my senior year at New York University. I'm a Pisces. Um, uh, I'm single. Uh, <laughs> any number of these things are not relevant but um I'm, i'll be your host from now on i hope we can have a good time and if there are comments please be gentle because i know comments love new personalities and people that sound effeminate and have social agendas so you know anyway um, lucky, lucky for you guys, the reason I brought up part of my history is that I used to do a show, or maybe still do a show, it's unclear at this point, but I, the show, the last show I worked on before this, um, was about, uh, POC issues, as specifically in, like, the arts and literature, so I got the opportunity to interview a lot of artists, fashion and otherwise, um, that were people of color, specifically black individuals, and I found what they had to say ubiquitously insightful. We're gonna follow the loose structure of, one... Um, a quick history lesson about black fashion. I hope you care about that. Two, um, black fashion right now. What are we What are we talking about? What is it looking like? And three, say the funny ha-has. I, I don't think that three is going to happen, but we can only hope. So anyway, a podcast host walks into a bar and 
Oh no, don't fire me. So, let's start with talking about how hip-hop fashion got its roots. And I say hip-hop fashion is perhaps distinct from, like, black fashion in particular, because I think the two things are deeply related, but not synonymous. So for the purposes of our discussion, in a hot second, we're going to be talking about hip-hop fashion as the urban fashion that developed, like, primarily in New York City and other kind of uh, metropolitan centers. And black fashion is going to be referring to fashion or... um. Yeah, I, I use the term fashion loosely in this context to mean physical, specific physical things that are that are worn by black people, both as a statement of expression and or just for pure utility. And I the reason that I say that in a strange way will become very apparent in a second. In future, don't be surprised if I have a lot of different personalities here, because I think it's great to have someone to bounce off of, to play off of, and also someone to make fun of that isn't myself. Because even though this, like, dorky, lovable idiot thing I'm doing right now might be entertaining to, like, one half a percent of you, I promise it gets better, probably. We're going to start do by doing something that I hate, but that I love, because I think it's a great opportunity to learn something and then learn why the things we tend to learn are wrong. And that is we're going to read the quick, like, opening Wikipedia entry about hip-hop fashion. And the reason I do this is not because I think Wikipedia is a credible source. It is not because I think Wikipedia has the best information surrounding hip-hop fashion. It's not because... I think that we need it to have a discussion. It's because I think that Wikipedia is a decent baseline to work from, and I can critique and discuss as I go. So, you know, um, uh, African-American history studies PhD Jimbo in the comments, don't don't type the angry, who is this guy? I, I liked it better when, when Brandon was on the show. Uh, bring back Malcolm X, because I can do none of those things for you. I can do one of those things for you. Hip-hop fashion, also known as big fashion, is a distinctive style of dress originating from African America, Latin America, and from inner-city youth located in New York City, followed by cities like LA, Baltimore, Chicago, Philadelphia, the San Francisco Bay Area, Detroit, Memphis, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, St. Louis, and others. All have contributed various elements to the overall style seen worldwide today. Hip-hop fashion complements the expression and attitudes of hip-hop culture and has changed significantly during its history. Today, it is a prominent fashion worn across the whole world and popular with all ethnicities. Great. So, first of all, if I might just comment, that told us nothing about hip-hop fashion, but okay, I'll fill in the blanks for you. So, Let's 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 take let's take it back for a second. Really, what hip hop fashion is, or urban fashion, is like a lot of people referred to it for a little while. It's just a, a form of expression that originated from like necessity, if I'm being blunt, and that's things like oversized clothes or things that might otherwise be considered quote unquote ragged for the time period ended up becoming quite fashionable, which coincides with the general appropriation of black culture that like hip-hop music is on the whole if you know anything about hip-hop music which i do kind of um i i like to think of myself as someone that at least knows some things about music sometimes um it has always been the music of like rebellion that's a bad way of saying it um i'm not here to incite race war unless that's something that you guys want in which case i'm a hundred percent here to incite race war but uh, it's the music of 
protest historically. Um, you know, it's always been the music of the marginalized, and it's always, it's frequently, continuously been used to say things that are either against the mainstream or seen as rebelling against authority. And that's pretty cool because the fashion that we see that originates from a culture like that reflects that as well. So, just in case you guys were wondering, the internet, non-specifically, credits Zelda Barber Win Valdez, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, as, with, as being the first black fashion designer. The first thing that I think is cool about her is she was born in 1901 and died in 2001, so she lived a clean hundred years, which, like, I'm gonna say, not many people can say they've done that, plus, like... I feel like she's she's seen she's seen some things. You know she's seen some things. You think do you think that here's in the comments, I don't know if we have comments, but in, in the comments, tell me if you think Zelda Valdez can get it, because I think I think yes. She became a, a big name in fashion to the point where she was elected president of the New York chapter of the National Association of Fashion Accessory Designers, and that was definitely not a space that allowed for a whole lot of black people during that time period. So, you know, good for her. Um and Honestly, she's largely controversy-free. She doesn't have anything super sketchy in her closet other than the sketches of the clothes that famous people would later wear. Am I right, fellas? I don't know if you can hear in my voice. I just kind of, I don't I didn't really just wake up, but like, it's like a little froggy. I think I hear it when I, when I crack certain words and... I, I both hate that and love that because if you're listening to the tone of my voice, you'll you'll find that it is higher pitched than one might idealize. Certainly me. And when I when I'm sick, like or when I just kind of woke woke up, there's a little bit of a, a gravelly tone to it that doesn't always come across on, on the microphone, but on a mic like this it might it might come across. So the only point I'm making is that when I'm sick, dude, I am hot. So anyway, back to back to the back to the main point of the story. Black fashion, she was influential in setting, in setting, setting the goalposts in terms of just, like, allowing us to be in the industry at all. But second, I think what's important is hip-hop fashion now. We're going to go back to what I was talking about with the Wikipedia article. Didn't really become a movement until the 70s or so. Or not, it's not accredited movement until the 70s. That's because there's a lot of historical events that coincided with it. Namely, protest about things like the Vietnam War meant that people were more cool with hating the government because i don't know how old our listenership is but believe it or not there was a time where hating the government wasn't sick nasty cool it was treason certainly going into the 80s you know hippies love all that we hate war no vietnam meant that things like hip-hop i'm using the term hip-hop to mean a broader cultural movement not just music not just fashion were certainly more acceptable definitely more acceptable by young people perhaps not the old people you know the okay boomer thing even though i wonder I know that, like, intergenerational conflict has always been a thing, I'm well aware, and OK Boomer is just the latest iteration of that, but I defy you to find me, like, a, a quicker and pithier way of saying I hate people that are older than me because they left me with a crappy country. Like, do you think boomers were, like, like OK veteran because most of the boomers were born after people came back from World War II? Were they, like, were they like OK Bombers? Yikes point is okay boomer is honestly an expression i kind of hate because it's like overused to death at this point and it is a sentiment that means ostensibly nothing but i digress so back to back to back to back to our focus hip-hop fashion has always been a form of rebellion and it happened in the 70s and really we didn't see it 
galvanize super, super duper hard until, believe it or not, the early 2000s. Because even though right now, even though, you know, the 70s were kind of cool with with down with the sickness, as it were. I know I'm down with the sickness. Are you guys down with the sickness? Remember, remember, do you guys remember a time when that wasn't Corona? Y'all remember when down with the sickness just meant cool? The 80s and 90s are where we started to see hip-hop fashion split between people who were, like, hip-hop artists, i.e. people that presumably could afford expensive clothes, and we start to see kind of some absurd, quote-unquote absurd, styles, and people who, again, were, like, the primary purveyors of hip-hop fashion, so people just that wore, like, street clothes, quote-unquote, and things of that nature, right? This is the first period where we start to see hip-hop artists get a lot of mainstream recognition as people that are going to be signing big recording contracts and making a lot of money, and... That divergence means that we start to see a distinction in the sorts of things that are considered high fashion for the hip-hop sphere. So things like, you know, big pants, like blousey pants, kind of, like MC Hammer wears, um, you know, and like Kent cloth hats um, are all things. Chains started to become a big thing around this period. Yeah, anyone that knows Flava Flav knows what's up. I don't know why you guys wouldn't know who Flava Flav is. I just feel like he hasn't done anything recently, right? Right? Flavor Flav, you out there? If you want to come on the show, hit me up. That's a, this is a Flavor Flav. You you got it. Um, you, can you imagine if he was a guest on this? Like, <laughs> Jesus, that'd be funny as hell. Um, I I don't know what I would ask. Um, I'd ask if the the clock was like a, a fashion statement, or if he just never knew what time it was, or something. I I'd be afraid to know the answer. So here's my strange theory. You can correct me if you think I'm totally wrong, because I definitely could be. Here's my weird theory, right? Um, if you noticed. And this is something that I, I care about, believe it or not, um, because I'm, like, lame and I have a lot of friends. But um, don't read into that. Um, I think that UI design is really cool, like, for websites. And as, as someone, I'm sure, you know, like, most people, like, that are young enough know what, like, a bad website looks like and what, like, a nice-looking website looks like. And I think that, obviously, as, like, we think of the nicer-looking websites as, like, looking cleaner, like, very minimalist, very, if not minimalist, at least really, really easy to navigate and stuff like that. And I want to say that that need for cleanliness um, in the technological sphere, because oftentimes cleanliness means easy to follow, has affected our sensibilities elsewhere. And this is why I think that fashion is changing in general. Fashion is moving towards less colors because cleanliness is seen as good and neat. Um, that being said, colors are still very much a thing. Don't rake me over the coals in the comments, you know, people that that are like no actually you know the the people that went to fit down the road for me like actually Jaden, the first use of white in fashion was the french during every war ever hey am i right fellas okay um it is literally impossible to talk about black fashion without talking about shoes that's right. You know, you knew it was coming. Sneakerheads. Um, I'd say sneakerheads get ready, but seeing as I imagine you blew all of your money on the latest Yeezys, you probably don't have a laptop to listen to this, so maybe I don't have to worry about pissing off that demographic today. But all jokes aside, shoes are really important in black fashion. Literally just sneakers, right? So here's the funny thing, right? Sneakers are designed to be cheap shoes, kind of inherently. They're just rubber soles and pretty much nothing else. And that's the point. They're designed to be comfortable running shoes that you could ostensibly do things like play sports in and 
not worry very much about. And then they weren't. For any of you that don't know, and I don't imagine there's anyone listening to this that doesn't, but I think it might be cool to mention. Remember, the original Air Jordans were produced for just Michael Jordan, who is an NBA god, um, in, and, in 1984, and eventually they were released to the public. So originally they were just for one person, and if you cannot figure out in what way that accelerates sneakers from something I wear to... to jog to an exclusive symbol of status i don't know what to tell you there it is i think we have a lot to thank mr jordan for like a lot of people have a lot of empty bank accounts because of him and like you know some of those people like his sneakers too see that's a joke that i imagine is really funny but i don't know anything about sports so like any basketball people in the comments can figure out for me like why that's funny and um the next thing i want to talk about while we're still on the topic of sneakers is you know he was coming it's yeezy time y'all so, while we're on the subject, did you guys know that Gianni Versace was black? Did you guys also know that if you believe that, you need this podcast more than anyone that I know? Yeezys were, of course, made by Kanye West. They're very expensive. Originally, the clothes didn't sell well. Now everything sells well. Kanye's a fashion icon. He's also a lunatic. There's a great article that talks about Kanye and the necessity of black artist success. It's a real problem. It's that I know the joke is that Kanye is kind of ridiculous. You know, there's a cult of personality around him, so Kanye fans love him. But to most of the world, dare I say, it's a little like, what? Um, and people thought the same thing of Michael Jackson for obvious reasons, arguably, again. And that's because, or at least so Coates argues, it is incumbent on black artists to be the best they can be because you are not a representative solely for yourself. You are a representative from your race. We're going to talk about something that I know people don't expect me to talk about. Let's talk about hair. This is something that is near and hair to my heart. Haha. <laughs> I mean near and dear to my heart. I don't even think that joke worked as a pun. But um, I recently went to the barber because barbers reopened in New York City. Um, shout out. No, let me not shout them out. I, they get enough business as it is. But, you know, um, great barber. Hair is important to every fashion statement. I think anyone that tells you otherwise is full of it. But it's especially important to the black community because there was a long time when our hair just wasn't a thing that people dealt with. Tight curls, hair that knots easily. Barbers don't want to deal with that crap. Black people didn't get haircuts. We had to we had to do it ourselves. We had to find people that knew how to cut black hair like that. And I think a lot of you know this, but a surprising number of you might not. Um, it's hard to have hair and be black because very few places cut it and even fewer cut it well. But for black women, it is even worse because oftentimes their hair is longer and so that makes it a little bit harder to manage sometimes and it, it can be a whole thing. Going to the salon or the barber can be a whole day affair sometimes. And the reason I thought it's important to talk about it because I, I just don't think people know about it, so I guess I'll, we'll chat about it because that's that's my job apparently, um, is that hair is... Black hair isn't just difficult. It's... Be, because of that difficulty, it became an expression like a like more so than i would argue a lot of potential potentially other cultures just because 
this struggle to even find people that were willing to or able to cut your hair, make it look good, do the styles that are popular at your given time period, made it so that hair had to be something that's important. That's why if you have crisp edges and clean waves, your boy did you up right. That's right. I know what that is. No. No, things like fades are in right now, but they weren't always. Like, in the... 80s they were like high top phase where your hair was really really big obviously everyone knows that the afro was a thing but believe it or not afros are nearly impossible to manage sometimes it they can be very painful very difficult to work with the necessity for black people to express themselves in terms of their hair is not only apparent but i think it's pretty cool because i'm just saying it barbershops can be quite the place there's a, they're, they're hubs of cultures in many communities and even when they are not, they are, you, you have to trust your barber a lot. Also, there was just a long time where black hair was not seen as pretty. And so it had to be, there had to be a, a look inward for black people to recognize that black hair was pretty. And so I think this kind of willful defiance of socially normal beauty standards for the time um, was also what kind of generated this deep pride in hair is kind of like oh well i know my hair looks good you don't the rest of you whites don't have to the whites tm um if any white people listening to this show are un or are uncomfortable with how cavalierly i will throw around the term the whites or refer to black people i don't care we've had quite the journey this half hour and by quite the journey i mean i've had quite the mental breakdown this half hour we talked about Yeezys. I blacked out for the rest of it, so your guess is as good as mine. But I hope that everybody involved can recognize how important an episode like this is to have and how important discussions like this are to have. And next week, this show's topic is going to be different. It's going to be something that might not explicitly relate to race, even though most of the things I do tend to. But the point I'm making is this discussion will end and in months it will stop be it will stop being trendy to post about Black Lives Matter in your social media timeline and in months after that people would have forgotten that there was a time we were rioting and looting stores to get equal rights. And the point I'm making is these conversations don't stop here. We shouldn't stop talking about these things because it has fallen out of the like media's eye or the current cultural zeitgeist because these are issues that continually affect people that you know, people that you respect, and as hopefully I've somewhat proven to you today, styles and ideologies and brands and music that you've grown to love. And if you care about hip-hop, if you care about the artistic merit of fashion, if you care about me, okay, you're not going to care about the last one, not going to lie, but if I gave you two good ones, right? Um, Then you're going to keep fighting for these things. And that means being an ally. I'm not going to give you a call to action that is like, go out and burn down your local target. Probably don't do that. But I am going to say, keep donating, keep being interested, keep educating yourselves. And if you're artists, which is, I imagine the primary listenership, keep creating with the mindfulness for where these things came from. Because too often do black artists not get credit for what they deserve. Too often are we passed over in conversation like this because it's not convenient for society to let us have our seat at the table. And to that end, I really hope that 
the discussion that we had today, the fun that we had today, and discussions that are happening everywhere else, not only do they not end, but they make the world better. We engender change for the future. But that's just my hope. I'm just a loser talking to a microphone in his apartment. My name's Jaden Abbott. This has been the Cloak Cast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.